Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And we are live. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Radio 5G. Michael Henry Dunn here uh, with my co-host, the one and only Nancy L. Hopkins. Hey there, Nancy. How are you doing? Well, I'm here. <laughs> we'll find out how good we're doing today. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I love that new introduction. That's very cool. Of course, that now, now we've promised you know, that we're going to be able to separate um, uh, fiction from reality and uh, wow okay here's hoping well and, we uh, give it a try we, every time yeah we do so um what we've got today is more follow-up on um the good work being done by uh the german attorney that we've um shared with you a couple of times before um reiner fuhlmich and the effort to take legal action against uh, the World Health Organization, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and associated parties who have perpetrated what is essentially a violation of the Nuremberg Code and um, a massive crime against humanity. And this is something that I found on Facebook, and I'm, I'm surprised it's, it's still managed to stay up, but... Uh, you know, for all of you out there who who may sometimes get a little worried that you know we've got you know we, we we've got the information out there, people are getting uh, awakened, but nothing. What can be done? We ask ourselves, what can actually be done to stop this? To take the perpetrators to justice? So this is very good news because we're talking thousands of doctors and attorneys who have come together to take teeth to this thing um, in in the world court. In Well, not exactly which world court we're referring to just here, yet that more will be made clear in this, uh, in this video. Is there anything you want to comment on, on this video here, Nancy, before we roll with it? No, I put a little intro to it to tell them we're, what, more about it, but um, we're good to go. Yeah, okay, so this is someone, um, unfortunately, in the video, his name is not given, so we cannot share it with you, but um, it's addressing, he's on a podium on a large stage, he's addressing an audience of what seems like many hundreds, if not thousands of people, giving them an update on, on what is happening with um, the legal action against the World Health Organization in regard to the, the vaccines and uh, the pandemic. So let's roll. I think it, I think it comes from an expo. But let's roll it. Oh, okay. You know, some kind of a group thing. Hi there. I don't know who this is. Dr. Artist was what I got from the last part of the uh, presentation. But I do have three different websites that are seemingly involved in this. Uh, MyFreeDoctor.com, he mentions that. MyFreeDoctor.com, very important. There's also AmericanFaith.com that is somehow tied to this. 
but the one that is most interesting is time to freeamerica.com kind of an exposition type of thing and there were different speakers I think he's one of them but I can't find out which one so I apologize for not absolutely identifying him but I think you'll enjoy it he presents some really good information I'm gonna go through a lot of information how many of you know who I am or have seen me in the media anybody I have to give a great big thank you to Dr. Rainier Fulmick out of Germany. Did y'all see that interview? The German Corona Committee Foundation reached out to me and asked me to provide all of the documentation to them who are suing the World Health Organization with a thousand doctors. Ten thousand MDs and they reached out to me privately to give them a one and a half hour documentation of Anthony Fauci's knowledge of how he was going to kill people before the pandemic started, how he's still doing it right now while you're seated here. And I'm gonna give you some of that information here and I wanna put up a slide. I just have to thank Dr. Rainier Fulmick. Also, just real quickly, I gotta get this out of the way. If, you, if any of you have loved ones who are being treated in ICUs for any of the variants of COVID-19, or SARS-CoV-2, you have to write this down, convey it to your loved ones, myfreedoctor.com. It is proven these doctors will help you get early treatment for COVID-19, get you the prescriptions that you need for free, go there. Early treatment is the proven option, and these doctors are there standing for you. They will write you free prescriptions, telemedicine, offer them donations, do it. They will save your life. This... If you can see the screen, there's a QR code there. This has all, if you scan this QR code, put in your email, the documents I provided to Dr. Rainier Fulmick, my disease prevention cocktail to protect all of your loved ones from those who are jabbed and those who are not jabbed but exposed to those who have the shots. Those documents will be sent to you automatically through that code. I've got 10 minutes. You guys want some information? All right, so... What did Anthony Fauci know? All right, let's throw up the first slide. Next slide, please. <clears throat> it was up there. February 2020, China was seeking a patent on remdesivir from Gilead Sciences, who manufactures remdesivir, the drug. This is in February 2020. I want you to go to the next slide. This is just the article. Look here. A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine last week reported a coronavirus patient in the United States. How many? A coronavirus patient in the United States was found to show an improvement after taking remdesivir, which is also used to treat infectious diseases such as Ebola. This is February 2020. This is the lie. All right, next one. Let's look at the Ebola study. This is what I did in May 2020. I've been in the media ever since to educate you guys the current genocidal attempt and murderous attempts of Anthony Fauci, the NIH, the FDA, the CDC are all using remdesivir the same way that they used gas chambers to destroy people in Germany. This is how they're doing it and perpetuating those deaths using a drug in hospitals. This is the actual Ebola study that Anthony Fauci quoted in May 2020, proved, he said, we're going to use this non-FDA approved drug. It's been approved since, but it wasn't before the pandemic. We're going to use this non-FDA approved drug called remdesivir because it was shown to be safe and efficacious against the Ebola virus in 2018 and 2019. 
Has anybody actually looked at this study? Because I clicked the link on NIH.gov's website. All of you should do it. This is the study. Ebola virus inside of Africa. They took four regions, gave them all remdesivir and three other experimental drugs. Anthony Fauci said it was proven to be safe and effective against the Ebola virus. So now in this novel virus of the coronavirus, we're going to use it there also. We're going to mandate this one drug. You can't use any other ones like hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine back in May 2020. Go to the next slide, please. So what did the actual study find? <clears throat> they actually found, you can see here, you see mortality up there? Definition inside the study. They found that remdesivir, in six months, the safety board pulled remdesivir from the study, a one-year study, because it killed more people than any of the other three drugs, including ZMAP, which was put in by the FDA and the NIH. So six months into the study, they pulled remdesivir, they pulled ZMAP, which was supplied by our government to Africa because it killed more people. How many people did it kill? Remdesivir killed 54% of all people in the study that got the drug. Do you know what they're treating all of your loved ones with and those you care about in this country now? Next slide, please. Look up here. I'm not lying. This is from the study. Look at the second, second column from the right, remdesivir. Look below there. 54%. You see that? Mortality rate. All right, next slide, please. He then quoted a second study in May 2020, Anthony Fauci did, that supported the use of remdesivir in the treatment of coronavirus. The Ebola study, by the way, was a lie. No one clicked the link to look at it. I did. This is the other study he mentioned. This was actually done by Gilead Sciences, who makes remdesivir. In early March 2020, they took 53 patients from Japan, Canada, and America who had COVID-19, and they put them on the drug for 10 days. What's the drug? Remdesivir. This is the maker of remdesivir's own trial study. Next slide, please. What did they find? Check this out. 23% in 10 days had serious adverse events. The most common serious adverse events were multiple organ dysfunction syndrome, which is defined as the number one cause of death in all ICUs, by the way. Second, septic shock, acute kidney failure, and hypotension. Look at the next part. 8% had to be discontinued because remdesivir treatment. It worsened or, pre or prevented, sorry, pre-existing kidney failure and multiple organ failure. 8% had to be taken off by days five because they were dying as a result of the poison of remdesivir. That's what they found from this study. As a result of these studies, they decided to actually push this on the masses. All of you, this was gonna be the drug choice. Why? Because it would actually make COVID-19 look more deadly than it really was. One other disgusting thing, Anthony Fauci and our federal health agencies bought up all of the reserves and stock of this experimental drug in 2020. We didn't even let another country have it till the end of October 2020. Do you want to know why America had the most deaths during 2020 in this pandemic than any other country? We were the only country treating people with remdesivir proven to cause acute kidney failure, multiple organ failure, septic shock and hypotension, all of which are lethal. This was the great setup. So they set this up so that they can murder people and then convince you people were dying of COVID-19. They didn't die of COVID-19. They actually died 
from remdesivir poisoning causing acute kidney failure if you just listen to the media. The New York press conferences of all the doctors when Ebola, or sorry, when Corona was going throughout New York early on, they were reporting we've never seen a virus ever attack the kidneys like this one is. You start treating this virus and it attacks the kidneys and shut it down. Not only are we finding that we have limited supply of ventilators, we don't have enough dialysis machines for their kidneys. These doctors had no idea it was never the virus to begin with. Remdesivir was proven in 30% of all people to cause acute kidney failure. Do you know what happens when you shut down the kidneys in somebody? Your kidneys release water from the body. Guess what happens when you shut them down? Your body retains water. Your abdomen fills with water. Your heart fills with water. Your lungs fill with water. Do you know what they call that? Pulmonary edema. You are drowning these people to death with their own fluids. And they can't breathe. They were calling it secondary pneumonia. You have to listen to me. Still today, they are calling it pneumonia from corona. No, it isn't. They are shutting down everybody's kidneys with remdesivir, causing their lungs to fill with fluid, and they are drowning to them to death. Do you want to know why this made me so angry? In May 2020, February 2020, I watched a hospital in Dallas, Texas, kill my father-in-law with the same protocols. They are still doing it today, and they are... They are I'm telling you right now, anybody who's got a loved one in ICUs, please listen to me. Anybody who's got COVID-19, you're going to be threatened with death if you go into a hospital. They have set this up where they're going to use remdesivir. 31% of people treated for COVID-19 will have acute kidney failure. Their lungs will fill with fluid. Right now, they're adding dexamethasone, which has 4% reported kidney failure for all those who get it. So now you're up to 35%. If anyone listening to this has a loved one in a hospital and they have added to that protocol a drug called vancomycin, which is an antibiotic, antibiotics don't treat viruses, by the way, if they put them on there, upwards of 10% of all of those individuals will experience even worsened acute kidney failure. It will stop their heart, pressure on their heart, make them go into a coma, make them unconscious, and they will die. And they will say it was because of COVID-19. This is not true. Yeah, they're doing it to all of them. All right, so this is the mass genocide that they're using, remdesivir. There's a reason why more people died in America than any other country in 2020. We were the only country using remdesivir, and Anthony Fauci was the one that mandated it. Okay, now what else was disgusting? Let's go to the next one. This was the next thing that made me super angry. In October 2020. All right, so now I have a problem with the NIH, with Anthony Fauci, from May 2020, saying we're going to use a drug proven to be effective against Ebola. Was it proven to be effective against Ebola? No, it didn't even make it to the end of the trial. Why is this guy still alive? Number two, the, number two. Number two is the FDA, ready? This report, go back, you know, you look at the date. CBR plans, a division inside of the FDA. You'll see the FDA logo at the top. This is dated October 22nd, 2020. They were setting up how they were going to evaluate for injuries from vaccines being reported to the government. Once they started going out in December, this is in October, 25 slide presentation. 
Good luck finding this link now. I have it downloadable. I hope you got the QR code because I'll send you the whole document. Next one. This was slide 16. If you haven't seen any of my presentations, FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines. Look at the list of what they knew was going to start being reported to the government as a result of injuries from the coming vaccines. Disgustingly enough, this list, when the same organization, the FDA, two months later in December, created the fact sheets to go out with the vaccines to the entire American public, for each vaccine, they're supposed to list the health benefits and the risks associated with those vaccines. The FDA created these fact sheets. Do you know not one of these showed up on that list or on that fact sheet? I call this criminal. They knew it. But they didn't tell you, just so you know, on this list, three on the side, on the right, two on the left are all related to blood clot disorders. They knew that two months before the shots came out. Look at the bottom right. I know I'm almost out of time. Bottom right, you have to be aware of this. This is what we know is coming from the shots. Don't even ignore on the right top. Isn't it odd that death isn't listed first? Pregnancy and birth outcomes, like miscarriages aren't a big deal or birth defects aren't a big deal. We'll list those on the second column. Bottom right, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. Does this say adults? Does this say teenagers? No, it says in children. The Mayo Clinic defines this condition or disease is a serious condition where multiple organs in a child will become severely inflamed and they can die from it, which includes... Inflammation of the brain, kidneys, spleen, gut, heart, eyes, all at once. Go to cdc.gov, type in MIS-C, which is that abbreviation. It's already been reported over 4,400 children have been reported with this, and over 40 children in America have died already. And they want to start pushing that on your children come September. I have a huge problem with these health agencies lying to you. Throw up the last slide and I'm done. If you didn't get it, go get it. Go to, if you want to, if you can't, QR code it, write it down. If you're listening at home, the D-R-A-R-D-I-S show.com. My job is to prevent them from being able to kill your loved ones. If you have a loved one in ICU, myfreedoctor.com has lawyers ready to actually contact the hospital and threaten them to put them on other treatments. Do not forget it. You do not have to do what they say. I'm Dr. Artis. Thank you. So, um, artist, Dr. Artist is all I get, but I couldn't find, I looked up the Expo place, you know, yeah. there, there was a link on the, on the, uh, video and I looked at that, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find him. So I, I apologize for that. We just couldn't find it, but, um, that's terrifying information to me. Yeah. And it seemed to be, Not that I, I didn't think know it was a, a banner oh, wait a either minute. on I'm the sorry, stage I'm muted. Uh, uh, or maybe uh, a side banner. Uh, I'm sorry. Superimposed on the screen. Can you hear me? Yes, 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 yes. I'm yeah, sorry. I had you. I had you right. muted. <laughs> Go back to when you started because I had you muted. Okay. So when I saw the video that we took this recording from, there was a banner either superimposed on the screen or on the stage itself, which said some kind of Christian association or gathering. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. So um, 
so that's as much as we have that this is Dr. Artis and that it, as you can tell from the tape, it's a you know, fairly large gathering. It sounds like some hundreds of people and um, bringing forth just solid information from CDC's own documents uh, that, and this is uh, you know, part of the evidence, presumably, it seems like a pretty clear connection, that is going forward with, um, with Reiner Fulmich uh, in Germany and also here in the U.S. Um, for the legal battle to hold the World Health Organization and um, people like Dr. Anthony Fauci accountable for a massive crime against humanity. Um, probably, according to Reiner Fulmich's own statements, uh, and this is somebody who you know grew up in Germany and they they educate people <laughs> about. German history and the Holocaust and the Nazi regime, that this is a worse crime against humanity than the Holocaust itself, just in terms of numbers of people harmed. So it's very encouraging, as you said, you know, there are um, either a thousand lawyers and 10,000 doctors, or maybe it's the other way around. I think it was 10,000 doctors who are backing this. So, you know, the next time somebody tells you when you tell them that you are skeptical of the shots and uh, skeptical of uh, the pandemic, that you're ignoring science and that you're ignoring medicine, you can tell them, well, 10,000 doctors are suing the World Health Organization for crimes against humanity. So, oh, well, they just must all be deluded doctors somehow, right, who are risking their reputations and their livelihoods in order to save their patients. Uh, this, you know, just something I, I always try to keep in mind. What looks like the motivation behind what somebody's doing? Well, you know and something. I this is. I have a sister who's an RN, and any time the concept of maybe natural healing or the fact that you working in a system that is absolutely corrupt, <laughs> uh, she would go off like, like unbelievable, nasty, nasty, right? So I learned, don't ever say anything about medicine. Nope, 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 nothing, you know. And got through, you know, life a little bit. Um, but then one day she just went off on me again with, with I mean, like, it was a totally, it was on bees. She's, she's telling me that I know nothing about bees, right? And I thought, uh -huh. I thought bees would be a safe sub. We were sit we were sitting out and I, I had gone up there because we had to go to a funeral and so I go to her place in Massachusetts and drive out to New York, right? So we're we're gonna be doing that. They just picked me up at the airport and we're sitting out on the back uh, patio of her house and her son and her husband were there and they they had gotten up for something, I don't know. So it was just me and her sitting there. And honestly, the only subjects I know to talk to her that might be safe are weather and sports. So, right. But I see this bee come in, you know. And the the actually, the, the bee had come in while the boys were still there, but then they left, and then the bee's still there. And I started, you know, just saying, you know, how wonderful bees were. And, blah, and all of a sudden, she's screaming at me that I know nothing about bees. And I'm going like to myself, what the hell? What, what, what is her problem here? Well, she went, I would say, another 10, 15 minutes saying things to me like, do you have your, your she's 16 years younger than me. She, for all our life, she was like my daughter more than my sister. And she's screaming at me, do you have your, your final affairs in order? Who's going to take care of you? I'm not going to take care of you. I mean, like... 
unbelievable nastiness. And I just, I kind of like, I didn't, I didn't see myself as a victim, but I just didn't see any point trying to talk to her or argue with her or say anything. You know, so I just started saying, just stop, Lori, just stop. You know, and her husband is yeah. there, and he's backing up. He has seen her like this. You know, he 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 has a. She's got this terrible, terrible anger, and uh, so for the last I don't know three or four years, I, I won't talk to her. I don't call her. I you know if there's a sports big sports thing coming up, I try to maintain an open communication. I didn't shut her down or anything, but I I don't want any part of her because I don't know she's a looney tune in my opinion. So, it was her birthday yesterday, and I said, oh, let me at least say happy birthday to her. So, hi, happy birthday. She's working at home, and she gets into a little bit of, you know, about why she's at home, because she normally takes her birthday off and blah, blah, blah. And then we got talking about my brother, who um, went to a wedding, one of the family weddings, and apparently has come down with COVID, according to him, although... He, he didn't. He 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 got my sis another sister to get him one of those. Apparently, you can get a kit in Massachusetts to take your own COVID test because he's uh, he blind. He can't drive himself, and he doesn't want to get in a car with anybody because he might have COVID. So anyway, they get this test, and the test came back negative. But no, he's, he wants to tap have another one, you know. And uh, so she's she's telling me about this and. Um, then she went on, she started something else up about the COVID. And I said, and I had just had a conversation with Mark Joseph about Invectorin. Did I say that right? Uh, ivermectin. Ivermectin? Ivermectin, I guess it is. And I say, I don't even know what the word is really, but that, I just talked to him, so it was in my head, you know. And I said, um, well, I was, I was asking a question because. He was saying that the Japanese government has sort of like told the people to get on this stuff. And this stuff is a horse dewormer. And my thing is, you know, I like to I like to un- kind of understand some of the science. Why would a dewormer be the cure for COVID? You know, what's this about? I mean, I don't believe COVID the COVID story, but why is it so effective? What's it doing to the body that is, you know, helping it? And uh, so because she's an RN, I, I said to her, have you ever heard of this drug? And I said, because the Japanese government just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, oh, there's nothing to that. And she goes off and she says, you know, it's just another one of those stories. And I said, all I'm telling you is the Japanese government, you know, has said it's good. I read all the all the medical journals, all the science journals. I know everything. Basically, was the next, you know, sentence or two, uh-huh. and uh, so then then I said to her, trying to lighten it up, right, Michael? I said, right. well, I said maybe their reports were written in Japanese and you don't read it. Oh man, like now she's screaming at me. I'm not going to have this conversation with you. I know how you think. And I said to myself, no, she has no idea how I think. I said, well, listen, have a good day. I'll talk to you sometime. And I hung up. And after I sat there for a couple of minutes, I took my phone and I deleted her as a contact. And this is a family member? She's my sister. That would be family. 
Yeah. Eggs, you know? But the thing of it is, is that, um, because I, you know, me, I talked about it last night on Cosmic Reality, you know? What is wrong with these people? And we all agreed that, you know, if she thought I was a crazy lady, she, and I'm her sister, and we've had, you know, I mean, I've been closer to her than most anybody else in my life, and you would think that you would just, oh, yes, that's nice, Nancy, you know. You know, you just try to, you know, oh, that's nice. Oh, poor poor old stupid woman. You know, think that way, but you, you wouldn't attack, right? Yeah, it's the defensiveness is the giveaway, the extreme defensiveness. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's flight or attack, right? That's that's the way we, we, we react. I tend to flee. Uh, I don't want I don't have time for this drama, you know. Um, but she yeah. wants to fight. And... If you've got that much anger that it just overrides every kind of kindness and consideration and looking at things, you know, well, there's always a different side to life, you know, but to be so absolutely single-minded against your hatred. Now, this is definitely she hates me. And I'm going like, why? And we all agreed she's an RN. And uh, when I uh, talked, when I talked to uh, Jennifer Daniels, I actually brought this this aspect of her up, and she said, "Oh, she knows the truth." Now, Jennifer Daniels, Doctor Daniels, has written a book, um, "Lethal Injection," and the subtitle is "Murder by Medicine Is Not a Myth." And she relates so many stories of what she saw as a doctor, where they would follow the standard of care which is like he's referencing you 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 as a doctor you can't bring in hydrochlorine or any of the other drugs because then you're in a state of liability because you didn't follow the standard of care which is the rimectorin you know so you know that's killing people but if you don't do that well then you're in trouble you'll lose your job you might even be sued Right. Well, it's not ivermectin that's killing people. It's remdesivir. Rem, rembes, yeah, remdesivir. Yeah, I, I, these right. things, when, when I hear these, these words that are so awful that they're killing people, my brain scrambles. I have to yeah. you slow down and learn the word because otherwise my, I think of it and it, my brain scrambles because you can't even believe the evil that's behind this. And yet my sister is intricately involved in this. And I think that when she was a younger nurse, she saw something that made her see murder by medicine. And she had a decision at that time. Do I walk out now? Do I scream and holler? Or do I keep my mouth shut and just go along with the plan? And for the whole of her life, for the whole of her profession, she's been not looking at what the truth was right in front of her because then she's guilty. And what I represent to her is essentially a threat and she goes into uh, aggressiveness because defensively you fight right um because she's she's not it's not me it's her she would have to face up to the fact that she is a scumbag and has watched all this evilness going around her because she didn't have the courage or the instinct to get out and so it's all about her and her inability to
to face the fact that she has been lied to her whole professional life and she proceeded to lie to everybody else. And I think that that's the group of people in medicine who are really doing, you know, creating an environment where this can happen. Because do you know that 50% of the medical people won't take the vaccination? Oh, yeah. 50%. Hey, I've got a sister who's an RN too, only she's the other side. She's you know, the other she's, side, yes. Yeah, she's she's awake, and um, you know, in the state of Washington, where she lives and works, as an RN, Governor of Washington State, a couple of weeks ago, just said, if you have not been vaccinated by September first, you will lose your license as a health worker. And my sister refused. She filed for a religious exemption um, from getting the shot, uh, and she said. And I think I shared this last time that media, like in the Portland area, because she's across the river in Washington State from Portland, Oregon, media reporting, oh, there's no beds available in the ICU because of all these Delta cases. And she said, no, there's no beds available in the ICU because so many nurses have quit. They don't have the staff to man those beds. So many nurses have quit rather than take a shot that they know to be harmful. (laughs) <laughs> but that's not the story that's getting out there, uh, as usual. And another thing on this, Nancy, that comes in when I'm listening to you is that, and I've got to I've got to nail this down because I quote this a lot. But I've got to be able to find a study. Um, several years back, a study was done, a psychological study, um, just evaluating the phenomenon of so-called conspiracy theory and the psychological profiles of people who are open to so-called conspiracy theory and those who react against it. And the conclusion was that according to, you know, ordinary psychological standards of psychological health, that those with an open mind who could apply critical thinking to a question of whether or not something called a conspiracy theory was true or not, displayed a much higher um, psychological health than those who were virulently reacting against so-called conspiracy theory and who were close-minded and defensive were actually, you know, psychologically unwell. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it just, you know, like having an open mind and being willing to employ critical thinking, they would call you kooks. You know, but um, according to this fairly reputable study, it's actually the other way around. You know, and this kind of built up resistance, like you're talking about in your sister, where, okay, it's years, years of denial, years of consequences, years of potential guilt, years of people being harmed because she chose to participate in the system, and protect her income. You know, there's that old Upton Sinclair quote. Um, it, it's very difficult to convince a man of something if his livelihood depends on his not being convinced of it. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that in spades here these days. That's interesting that they've studied that because, yeah, as soon as I hung up the phone, I was cursing. Um, but it was the, the, the not cursing at her. It was cursing like, how can you, how can you be this crazy? You know, I realized that this was not a natural reaction. Everything about it indicates crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, like the Japanese government, 
the the logical question would be rather than just saying I know how you think and I'm not going to see you just say okay <laughs> this is the government of one of the most advanced technological nations on earth we can assume that they're not all you know being run by wild-eyed conspiracy theorists who just grab the latest you know piece of hokum off the web and make it national policy you know so that at least it's credible enough this is the government of japan so you would just say oh how interesting what are were their conclusions what was the the scientific evidence upon which they recommended ivermectin you know what an interesting thing let me you know learn more about this but the the other thing about this you know, i'm trying to, i'm still foolishly occasionally posting on facebook with stuff like this you know which is um Losing my train of thought a little bit here. I didn't have enough coffee this morning. <laughs> just, just trying to, to get people um, to just be willing to look at the money, to just say okay, rather than do a you know blanket, closed-eyed, absolute you know sheep-like acceptance of everything you see on CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times. Just follow the money, follow the harm, follow the record of deception, follow all of, you know, the, the millions of people who've been harmed by Big Pharma and CDC and Bill Gates over the years and just say, let's pause. And it's not crazy to simply question. You don't have to accept this or that or it's, you know, it's ivermectin or whatever, but just don't, you know, demonize anybody who is willing to do their own research and use their own discernment. And you see Facebook memes these days that, you know, two pictures side by side. Here is a woman in a lab coat wearing a face mask and, you know, a face visor while, you know, she's got tubes and test tubes and she's in a lab environment and it's so scientific looking, you know. And then next to that, you've got a young woman. Oh, call her a 30-year-old Sitting, you know, in her living room chair, looking at her iPhone, you know, and saying, you know, on the left is research in a lab with a lab coat. And this is called science and everything science says is true. And on the right, you know, we have someone foolish enough to think they're doing their own research, you know, as if the thing on the left with the lab coat person represents some uniformly accepted monolithic body of knowledge as regards the pandemic that is absolutely true and known to all, which is complete BS. <laughs> you know, these who funds the studies? How do the results of those studies benefit the corporations who paid for the studies? How many times have they been proven to be wrong? How many studies can you line up one against each other, which are completely contradictory? So please just follow the money and don't tell me I believe in science, because that is a statement of superstition. That statement, I believe in science, is unscientific, <laughs> you know, but people just don't want to go there. It's a very strange world, I have to say. Strange world. You know, uh, because you you can't have a conversation with these people. There's no way. I mean, I basically said nothing. I was asking a question. 
And so you can't sit there and say, well, listen to this two-hour program with, with Dr. Daniels. Look at all the doctors out there. Look at, uh, you know, what, what, what Fulmich is doing. And look, they, they won't do it. They cannot go outside of their little bubble of reality. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what these people are going to do when the vast majority of people start to look at them as the enemy. Right, and it's coming, you know. Very um, quickly. Here's something that, yeah, like it's already happening. It's not coming, it's happening. Um, here's something else that, um, believe it or not, I came across via Facebook. So um, I posted something from Carl Sagan on Facebook um, yesterday, the day before. And um, this is a, Somebody took a picture of a page from Carl Sagan's book from 1995, um, and it's a chapter called The Demon-Haunted World. And they had highlighted some things in here that Carl Sagan says that, he's, that he sees coming. So this is 26 years ago. And Carl Sagan, of course, is, you know, universally respected scientist and, uh, you know, very well-known guy. Um, so here's the quote, and then I'm going to share with you a um, a website that someone posted in response to my sharing this quote. Here it is. I have a foreboding of an America in my children's or grandchildren's time when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the key manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological powers are in the hands of a very few and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues when the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority when clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes our critical faculties in decline unable to distinguish distinguish between what feels good and what's true we slide almost without noticing, back into superstition and darkness. The dumbing down of America is most evident in the slow decay of substantive content in the enormously influential media, the 30-second sound bites, now down to 10 seconds or less, lowest common denominator programming, credulous presentations on pseudo-science and superstition, but especially a kind of celebration of ignorance. So that came from Carl Sagan 26 years ago, and uh, it's it's pretty clear that, that that is coming true. And yeah, you can accuse Fox News of pseudoscience, but CNN, MSNBC, and the New York Times are equally culpable as spreaders of you know propagandistic corrupt science in the service of their corrupt overlords. So then um, a woman responds to me, and she says, hey, Michael, are you ready to help make a change? Look at what this woman is doing now. And she shares Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. You remember Dr. Tenpenny, right, Nancy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she's a, you know, a hero. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, she shared with me a website called thechristianrevolution.net. And, um, you know, I am certainly uh, a Christian in the way that it is defined here on this site. And it is certainly not about whether or not you believe 
um, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God or whether you believe in, you know, redemption through the blood of the cross or any of those things. Uh, to me, it's about the heart. Um, but let me just, can I take a couple of minutes here and just, I can read quickly from please, it. Please, please, yes. Yeah, okay. Because this is from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and, and people she's working with. The world today is in chaos. And again, this is the ChristianRevolution.net. Every country in the world has been purposely collapsed by those who are intent on doing harm at every level of society under the rules of a, quote, necessary global reset. They have collapsed businesses, turned public schools and universities into detention centers, and stripped us of the freedom to breathe air. They've closed our churches, terrorized travelers into wearing worthless masks, and have turned our hospitals into death traps for those who are sick. Now they are forcing hundreds of millions of freedom-loving people into choosing between being injected with a deadly experimental product and retaining employment. And for those who will not comply, they are being tortured by having a Q-tip forcibly shoved up their nose twice a week to test for exposure to a virus that by some claims doesn't even exist. The puppet masters pulling the strings have been able to accomplish all of these nefarious and evil activities because they have access to unlimited funding by leveraging their personal wealth and having access to government printing presses such as the Federal Reserve. The founders of this organization, ChristianRevolution.net, started from a simple pre premise. Who is funding good? Who is supporting physicians, nurses, and the very few others who are risking everything to speak out against this global government tyranny? Who is providing options for prevention and early treatment of this viral outbreak and true wellness options for overall health? Who is standing in the gap for God's children and their right to obtain an education without being forced to wear an ineffective, torturous mask? Who is leading the charge against employers who are forcing their workers to be injected with an experimental drug to earn a living and provide for their family? Who is fighting to reopen our places of worship and teaching what the word of God says about fear not? Like many others, we are tired of waiting for someone to do the work. After much thought and prayer, the ChristianRevolution.net was born. The three founders, Coach Dave, Ohio Brett, and Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, have joined forces to raise the funds for good. We believe there are millions of Americans willing to donate $10, $20, $100 or more to get behind a movement to reclaim our country, our freedoms, and our relationship with God through Christ Jesus. Our goal is to raise millions of dollars and then be the conduit to fund good projects in the following categories. Legal pursuits. Lawsuits are expensive. Most Americans cannot afford to hire an attorney to fight this Goliath alone. Fighting for your God-given rights should not require a second mortgage on your home. We are currently assembling a team of attorneys who will join forces to fight for mom and pop America. Establish a new healthcare system. Many have experienced the travesty of medical mismanagement throughout this COVID crisis. Even worse, many of you have experienced firsthand the disrespect given to family members over their, quote, COVID test or vaccination status. It's time to build a new system of medical care based on true informed consent, true healing, and prayer at the center of it all. Christian Training centers. 
Our churches have failed us miserably. They closed the doors and refused us to gather for worship and at the same time have opened their doors to become a vaccination center. Local and national pastors and priests have advised their parishioners to submit to the injection that will violate the temple of the Holy Spirit. We will fund projects in all 50 states to train men and women to stand up for Jesus and live a life inspired by the word of God. Athlete protection. Athletes in all sports and at all ages, from middle school, high school, college, and through professional careers, are not being told the truth about the potentially devastating effects that COVID shots can have on their cardiovascular system. The shots can cause life-threatening and career-ending injuries and illness. These important young men and women and their coaches need to quickly know the truth about mandatory vaccination and learn the best way to stay healthy. Protection for performing artists. Even if they have a multi-million dollar contract for their label, musicians are being banned from entering studios unless they are injected with a COVID shot. The spike proteins and antibodies to the spike protein can attack the lungs. Singers and those who play wind instruments may permanently lose their ability to perform. Artists who perform in theaters are highly skilled athletes who could experience career-ending injuries and illnesses similar to those who play sports. These men and women of all ages must be protected. We are building a team to win back our nation mentally, physically, and most importantly, spiritually. We have a plan. Now is the time to fight. Please go to christianrevolution.net. Help us build a war chest to fight back. No donation is too small. Benjamin Franklin warned us that, quote, we must all hang together or we will most assuredly all hang separately. Please join with us to take our liberties back. Donate now. It's christianrevolution.net. Well, I think that's pretty cool. Christian or not, how does that strike with you there, Nancy? I love it. I love any, I mean, there's, there's, this is, there's a number of different, let's say, organizations cropping up that, at Thunder out there, <laughs> a lot of thunder apparently, um, all over the world. I mean, it, there is definitely a, a backlash happening. Um, how extensive it is, I think it, it's going to be enough to make the changes that we need to make. But it's 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 that thing about organization, you know. Who's who's the players? Now, Tenpenny is a major player. I mean, she yeah. was one of the first doctors to come out and, and really start, you know, focusing in on the, the real problems. There were others, but she went public and, and got, you know, I mean, she's out there. She's done hundreds and hundreds of shows. And now they have that group that gets together. And I mean, there is, but I go out there and I'm trying to find information from, you know, to be able to put on the radio show and stuff. And there's just so much of it, it's overwhelming. You know, it's like you, you come away and you go like, okay, where was I just now? And what am I doing? Where, you know, I mean, just so many things that are happening. And I don't know if you, if you saw that, um, Oh, I don't even know what they're calling it, but it's like a Declaration of Independence. Charlie Ward, and we know that we we have we have questions about Charlie Ward and, and Simon Parks, and there were I think three or four others that were on this 
YouTube thing. I didn't even see it. It wasn't YouTube. It was Rumble. It was, but it was a video. I didn't even see it. It was like only 37 minutes, but I didn't have time to see it. I just heard about it from Walt last night on the show. But they have a PDF that is a statement of basically a declaration of independence and a declaration of war. And they were all touting it as being very, very important. And this is the... I, I, I never could 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 get from what Walt was saying. He's normally pretty good um, at relating things. You know, who who are the people that are supposed to be signing this? And the only thing that they would say is, you know, the highest power in the land. Well, who's that? <laughs> you know, but it was just very interesting to see. They used a lot of the terms from the Declaration of Independence. They probably still got that up here someplace. Um, so you get this familiar feeling about what it's what it's saying. Um, yeah, it's Declaration of the People of the United States for Global Peace and Prosperity. We're going to put that in chat just so people. I did this last night too, but um, so so there's there's what I'm saying here is that from all aspects, from you know really major changes, revolutionary kind of changes, where no, we're firing you all. We're going to do our own thing. You're 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 out of here. You know. Um, you got that kind of a situation with uh, this document that says, you know, no. And the way that they're trying to do it, and it made sense to me, because if Trump is, is going to be brought back to get us out of this muck, um, he needs to be brought back because the people are demanding it. The people are demanding a change. But whether it's Trump or not, the people need to step up and say, we want to make a change. So what they're saying in this document is that everybody should send a, a letter or an email to their state representatives demanding that they pay attention to this. And uh, it's not so much that, that I think that anybody thinks the state level is any, you know, they're not roses. <laughs> They've got a lot of blackness involved there, that they may do anything. But it's building a... A list of people in the you know the regular voters to say no no this is enough of this enough of this so that whatever change comes in is because of the demand of the people in a using as much of the the legal apparatus as they can to do this uh, so you've got that you've got doctors that you know are I mean this is amazing it's uh, myfreedoctor.com I mean it's like Wow, to have some doctor that will give you a prescription for the stuff that is good versus those doctors that that wouldn't do it, they'll give you a prescription for the thing that'll kill you. I mean, this is this is a major step. And then on top of that, you got the legal, you know, people. And the other thing, you know, right, uh, Fulmich. But the other thing that's interesting is, okay. I was listening to two two people talking. Oh, Cliff Hyde and, and um, this guy I don't even know his name, but the, the he they were talking about you know a lot of really bad stuff. But media, the mass media, and so the guy says to him, "Listen, Cliff, let's just think about this. On a given night right now, CNN is lucky to have a million viewers." 
He says, between you and me, we've got way over a million viewers. And that yeah, really, but, you know, that was a wow, yeah. Yeah, they're losing, they've lost credibility, you know, for a long time here. And, you know, when I look at everything that's out there, ChristianRevolution.net is enormously encouraging. Dr. Reiner Filmic, uh, I mean, not doctor, he's an attorney, Reiner Filmic and thousands of doctors and lawyers were part of the effort to hold the World Health Organization accountable. Uh, you know, that's enormously encouraging. It's like real world stuff. This, um, you know, this Declaration of Independence thing with Charlie Ward and Simon Parks. Well, hey, you know, um, an, an articulation, a manifesto of, of those principles, you know, that's all good. Um, you know, there is no legal mechanism in the Constitution for, um, you know, for having this Declaration of Independence bring back Donald Trump. And this is a one-issue crisis. And Donald Trump has called himself Mr. Vaccine. They should call it the Trump vaccine. He is totally in support of the vaccine. He's not going to fix this. He could have had Robert Kennedy. He, you know, entertained the notion of having Robert Kennedy in place in his administration uh, in this capacity. And he didn't go there. So, you know, I'm sorry, personally, you know, Reiner Fulmick and ChristianRevolution.net, to me, that's like on the ground, real action. Let's go with that. There's no constitutional mechanism for bringing the guy back short of civil war. It's just not going to happen, in, in, in my view, from my reading of the Constitution. But there's just so much hope. And you look at people like Dr. Tenpenny, uh, you know, putting these things together. Um, this is where my, you know, my optimism comes from. And like you say, Nancy, it's the corner has been turned. It's just you're not seeing it on CNN yet or MSNBC or Fox or New York Times, etc. Well, actually, you are seeing it on Fox. Oh, okay. Fox is really interesting. The, the other last Thursday, Tucker Carlson was talking to somebody, and he said, "You know, when they used to say deep state, I would laugh." He said, "It's it's true, it's true. Deep state is true." And then they went on with the show, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" Right? Because <laughs> he, he's like the number one guy in 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 that genre and for him to use those words was like mm-hmm yep 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 and you know, people forget that i mean if you look up deep state okay it is an academic term it's not some wacky new age thing it's an academic term used by political scientists around the world to describe a behind the scenes collaboration and collusion between certain you know long-time entrenched state operators, corporate factions, profiting factions that operate behind the scenes to implement their own agenda, irrespective of whatever the current administration or legislative policy might be. It's a geopolitical reality in governments throughout the world. It was like, okay, well, there's this new administration coming in and the people voted this and that. Let's take a look at the deep state. It was first brought to my attention by somebody very familiar with the way that operates in the Republic of Egypt. So, you know, good for Tucker Carlson just saying, oh, surprise, surprise. There's actually, you know, a uh, a network of cooperation between these, you know, long entrenched factions, corrupt financial elite, you know, that operates to make sure that regardless of what the people may want, 
you know, and there was a Princeton University study that said the same. We're a plutocracy. We're not a democracy. Regardless of what the people want, this is what's going to happen. That's a deep state. Good for Tucker Carlson. So we're at our hour break here. Um, do we got what kind of rock well, the socks? Distur- music disturbance. You want to hear sounds of silence again? I, I, sounds of silence always. Okay, four minutes. Yeah. We'll be back, folks. Radio five G. And we are back. All right. You know Welcome that's that, that song. It's like every you, you, this was uh, for people who might not know. This was actually Simon and Garfunkel that did this song way back in the seventies. 60s. 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 Yeah, 65. And it's like even even today, I'm like listening to this, and it's like every time I hear it, it becomes more and more like dead on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You think it was was true then, but I mean, every, it's just like, yeah, the neon song, you know, the neon... It's like I, I, all of a sudden I could see, you know, all of these people like my sister, you know, they they really do look at the this f- facade as being some kind of a God creation. You know, it's right. it's like it, it's beyond what I think we can understand. You know, why 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 are you so like like locked into this and it is very much like a religion i think yeah and uh <clears throat> beyond the economics yeah yeah it's um it's something that just bewilders me you know i mean, i've run into this a few times where for whatever reason my particular predilections karma you know things i enjoy doing uh, have led me to look behind the scenes like you know with the Shakespeare story right who really wrote the Shakespeare plays and I always thought that was a bunch of BS the idea that somebody else wrote the plays hey come on it's the guy from Stratford you know I look behind the scenes and I start to see the evidence and go oh whoa um, there's a real problem here and then you know but but you run up against a deeply entrenched special interest that is also backed by People who are treating it like a religion. Don't you dare attack this god we call Shakespeare, you know, like in England. There's a clip I saw somewhere where a guy walks into a pub and he's talking to a woman at a pub. He says, well, you know, could have been Marlowe, might have been Edward de Vere. And this woman just turns on him, <laughs> just savagely kind of turns on him <laughs> and just says, don't you dare question Shakespeare. Shakespeare is a god to us. Remember that. Shakespeare is a god to us. It's like, whoa, okay. So it's the same kind of thing here. You know, you, um, you know, when you're dealing with dogma, because when you're talking about religion, if we're talking about the inner spiritual core, the mystical core of, you know, metaphysical truth and, and of the soul, and any of the great religions, okay, well, they're all they're pretty much in common. You know, but when you get to the outer dogma, that the power structure of a given church uses to keep the believers in line and, you know, donating and obeying. Well, that's something else. You know, that's what uh, what my teacher, Paramahansa Yogananda, called um, there's Christianity of, of being a true follower of Christ. And then there's what he called churchianity, where actually you're just whether you know it or not, you're worshiping uh, a church, a, a very worldly organization that's, um, you know, got a power structure. So this is kind of what we're up against. 
Well, I had looked at it as an economic and control thing and social, but I, the, the religion thing, it just all of a sudden hit me. You can't talk to these people because they're indoctrinated in a religion. It has all the markings. If you stand back and look at it, it's a religion because it empowers them because they're part of this group that is saving people. Without us, the world would go to crap. Well, with you, we're going to crap really fast. <laughs> You know, uh, it's just, it, it's another eye opener. It's yeah, like, you can go right down the checklist. It's like, okay, you know, here is the dogma and you must accept this point, this, 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 and this. You must not question because this is the word of God. People who do question are non-believers and are a threat to you and are demonized and are going to hell. We have the power to either give you salvation, take the shot and live Take the shot and keep your job. Take the shot and not be demonized. Or you can be, you know, consigned to either real physical death because, oh, you might get Delta, you might, you know, or, you know, God forbid that somebody injects you with ivermectin, uh, pardon me, with um, uh, remdesivir uh, as a treatment, you know, or you have a real physical death or you'll lose your job, you'll be ostracized, uh, and you may even eventually be detained and forcibly vaccinated if you know what we're seeing coming as they ramp up the fear campaign so yeah you know it's like the uh you know the the correspondence is not only with dogmatic um fundamentalist organized religion but you know with a lot of the, the features uh of nazi germany indoctrination and you know the fear control and demonization of the jews in nazi germany Point by point, you know, right in the beginning of Nazi Germany, when, you know, they're in Kristallnacht and, and getting everybody behind the campaign to fear and hate the Jews, they were spreading the, the, the lie that the Jews carried a disease that was contagious and they were, you know, a, a mortal danger to the German population. So, um, it's not that big a stretch, you know, to, to see the same thing going on today. With, with we bold unvaccinated people. Well, you know, it's fifty-fifty, maybe. You know, there's probably a lot more people unvaccinated than vaccinated. But one of the we talked about Fox, right? Now, and and honestly, you know, I I look I watch Tucker. You know, I mean that's that's who I watch because to me he's the guy that is really in a very. Um, uh, you know, balanced way, looking at different subjects and coming to the conclusion that, gee whiz, I might have been wrong. There is a deep state. This could be a, you know, a complete. I mean, some of the things he's saying are are really, really important. You know, let's pay attention to this. And he asks a lot of questions. So I like I like Tucker, but the other guy that's a phenomena. And indicates so much about what's happening in, in American minds. It's Gutfeld. Now, Greg Gutfeld's show is it deals with with you know current events, but they do it with incredibly stupid humor. I mean, I'm not <laughs> impressed with the jokes or the little skits they do, um, but. It's so different because I'm not, I'm just not that type, but it's so different than any other way that the news is being presented. So 
he gets up there and he gives you something that on CNN would be, oh my God, do you know what what's happening here? And let me give you let me give you an example of it. it uh, Rolling Stones just put out an article uh, with the ivermectin, ivermectin that said that this one particular hospital had been overrun with people overdosing on this drug. And no, you're the, talking okay, ivermectin or remdesivir? No, the I, ivermectin. Oh, ivermectin oh. is the one that actually can help you. Yeah. Yes, okay, so that they'd been, you know, had all these people that had overdosed on it, and there were so many people that gunshot victims were waiting in the parking lot. This is Rolling Stones, okay? And so CNN, MSNBC, all the all those guys jumped on this thing, right? Oh my God, this is t- you know, and going against the the I, ivermectin and calling it you know this. Oh, I just it was it just, they were showing the clips, but on Gutfeld, it's like Fox tends to wait a little bit before they start announcing things, and so by yeah. the time Gutfeld gets on. Um, the people at the hospital said, what are you talking about? We have never had anybody in here for an overdose. This never happened. And so the right. hospital comes out and says, this is bogus, right? So when you get the gut filled, you're getting, I mean, these people did such a skit on these other reporters reporting this. I mean, it was such nonsense and such BS. But that's the way that Gutfeld handles the news, they give you, you know, yeah. some really hard news, but then they give you, like, like I say, kind of stupid humor about it. But the thing of it is, is that Gutfeld is beating out every other nighttime uh, Kimball and uh, whoever they are, you know, the, the big the big names at night, the you know late yeah. night shows. He's beating them out to the point that if you add all of their viewers together, you still don't get the the massive audience that Gutfeld's got. And he's only been up for like two months. So what's the difference? What's happening here? And somebody, they, they actually did. They had, I got this on the Gutfeld show because he was wearing a crown. <laughs> Look at this. I'm the king of night light, late night, you know. And so, but they got into a serious conversation about why is everybody leaving the networks? Well, because they're bogus. But why are they coming at night to a show like Gutfeld? And they all agreed, and I agree with them, is that the American people want to be entertained. Please. Please, we want to know the news, but we want to be entertained. And so by giving them entertainment interwoven with the news and satire and just ridiculous, it's, it's like a respite from, you know, the, the rest of it. And yet they're, doing, they're making people really, st- you know, think about things because they're not taking it serious. And I think that that may be the key to everything is that, I don't think the dark side can can exist in a in a when people are singing and laughing and you know the Chinese have forbidden people to sing and dance in the streets and music they don't they don't want any of this stuff you know not because it's going to s- spread COVID but because they don't want those energies out there because they can't they're not happy in those energies people happy yeah. you know it just if you if we all just spend a lot of our time just thinking about 
you know, I'm not going to worry about that thing. I'm just going to spend the next, you know, hour just doing something that makes me feel good. If it's a 10-minute walk out into the yard just to feel good, to dance, to sing, we need to, to move the energies, and I think the energies, you know, will move if we become more active in putting out <clears throat> really joyful, you know, energies. And it'll make you feel better, and I think that it's going to make an impact on, on the darkness that's, you know, wanting to take hold. Yeah, yeah, it's true, you know. Um this is something that I'm really looking forward to doing. You know, I'm a musician. I'm a singer um, most of my life, professionally, and then uh, in my spiritual community for a lot of years. Uh, yoga chant music, and also, you know, working in Celtic, Celtic hymns and and Catholic hymns. I grew up with, um, worked in with yoga chant music as well. And I'm a storyteller too. You know, and I've found that there is just nothing so uplifting and and transformative as as music and as getting people to sing with you uh, you know when I, when I think about what you what we just shared you know disturbance playing the sound of silence and i imagine myself as a musician and a singer on stage leading an audience of whatever size uh, and I've, I've played before 20 people i've played before 15,000 people um, and sang and the transformative power of that, if it is, you know, really anchored in understanding and vision and, and values and, and hope and faith and love and, and clarity that are shared by the people singing. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the power of that is just, you know, that people walk out and they carry that with them. Those those songs, those words, that hope just runs like a river underneath you know the sands of of your life afterwards you you carry it and you you hear it again and it brings you back you know it's it all my life whenever i feel down or or depressed or discouraged you know to listen to one of those powerfully magical songs that anchors hope and faith and love in in truth, you know, that it's not just some oh, like some drug you're giving yourself. Oh, I'm going to listen to the impossible dream and everything will be lovely. No, it's it's because in your soul, your soul responds, your soul feels and recognizes the truth of that. And so I'm going to be I just want to share this. Actually, I'm going to be um, at an event coming up in uh, in California in Grass Valley uh, called Earthstock Experience. It's um it's a play on Woodstock, uh, September 25th and 26th uh, this month. And I will be sharing on you know, the sacred union and the restoration of the code of chivalry. Um, but, it, you know, it's a musical and storytelling experience that will, you know, in which everybody will be singing with me by the end, I hope and pray. Uh, and this is something I've done a lot of in my life. So I just want to mention that to folks, earthstock.net. It's an amazing event um, taking place in Grass Valley, California. You can go to earthstock.net for that. And uh, I'm not yet visible on the schedule. I'm a late addition, but I'm um, very excited about uh, about being part of that. Well, congratulations. I hope you have a good time there. 
Oh, yeah. You, you yes. know, when you were talking about, I, I just th thought of this video, and it was many, you know, many years ago. There was uh, actually a, a few, a couple of them. I think there was like at least two, maybe three, where these these, these two people, they just would go to a park where there was a lot of people just hanging out, you know, and they'd start dancing. They just start dancing. And pretty soon, they would have everybody dancing because it's contagious. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was so joyful to see this, you know, all these people just hanging out, sitting there, and then they, they're looking at these crazy people dancing, and then, you know, that looks like fun. And, and one after, and until the whole park is, is dancing. So, you know, it, there's, there's good things happening. One of the things that happened over the weekend <clears throat> that was commented on on Fox in a positive way, I don't even know what the mainstream thought, was that apparently in the um, college football arenas, they were uh -huh. just letting anybody in. And there were pictures of these packed, packed stadiums, <clears throat> no masks, just all these people huddled together watching football and it was apparently a, a large number of the um, of the football Washington and Oregon I guess have a you have to be vaccinated to get in but everybody else and it was you know they were commenting on it's like well if you ask the people they're over this thing you know they're not afraid oh, yeah you know and if you start to I mean the, the obviousness of Okay, you got that weird noise behind you. Are you touching something, doing something? I am not touching anything. You, you've got, sounds like rain. You've got rain going on? I've got rain going on, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not doing my Darth Vader thing like the force is with you or anything like that, you know. But apparently there's some breathing thing I'm doing, right? I don't know. Right now, right there, there's a scratchy thingy happening. Okay, well, that's not me breathing. If it just happened, I have not breathed. You haven't been breathing? Well, there, maybe, you maybe, maybe you got a loose wire or something. Well, I shouldn't nah, say it like that. Good. Maybe your system has a I loose can, wire. I can hold my breath. I mean, I can go breathless on you. And... It was fine just a bit ago. I don't know. Okay, well, it's a mystery. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so... Well, what else do we want to share here, Nancy? What's, um, what else is coming up? Boy, that's really annoying. Whatever it is. It's not, yeah, it's not me. That much is clear. It's not me. I don't know so, what, it, I don't know what it could be. I'm not hearing it at my end. So maybe our, our people out there are not hearing it. Right? Uh, here's, here's hoping. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, we, right. we, I've had a lot of internet issues, um, uh -huh. but it gets fixed, you know. And when the, the 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 last time it happened, it was because of a storm. I think it might have hit a something or other because it was down for like four hours, and uh, that was on Saturday. So there's <laughs> mucking around on the internet. Oh, now there's a frog. Can you hear the frog? Wow, that is some frog. <laughs> it's because it's I'm, raining. From uh, the swamps of Florida there, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But frogs are really good to have around, you know? I mean, they, they just, 
it, well, when it floods here, it's like you don't think that you don't think that the yard is full of frogs, but when it floods, you'll hear like thousands of them, or or or, or like that, uh, you know, thousands of them all over the neighborhood. It's really kind of neat. Yeah, that always kind of freaks me out. <laughs> it does. It's a little freaky that you didn't know they were there. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a hard time with it. Whoa. Yeah. We still there? Yeah, we're still there. <laughs> okay. And the dog is under the ch under my feet because he doesn't like this stuff at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are we going to talk about? We got uh, half an hour, more than a half an hour, to talk about something. Oh. Yeah, here's something I'll run past you. So, like we say, it's uh, what we shared with everybody today. Um, the ChristianRevolution.net, uh, and I, I read a lot from their website. Um, you know, in the first half of the program here, and maybe we can just talk about, you know, when we're talking about awakened Christians, awakened to everything that we're sharing here on Radio Five G, and you're sharing on Cosmic Reality. You know that. Of course, and they they call out the pastors and ministers for having cooperated with the agenda, for having turned the churches into vaccination centers, for having turned people away from you know community worship, and that they are returning to the core relationship to the divine through Jesus, and that they are, and it's almost like. You know, Christianity, true Christianity, is having to go underground like it did during the time of the Romans, where, you know, they're gathering in the catacombs in order to not be, you know, seized and fed to the lions. Um, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit, just about this interplay between what we could call, you know, geopolitically awakened believers and what, you know, the relationship is, because, of course, they... They come back to it and say, yes, we need, you know, legal defense and we need a new healthcare system and we need, you know, political, legal action. But most important of all is the spiritual component. And, you know, without getting dogmatic about it or saying that people need to believe in Christ, uh, in the person of Jesus, uh, you know, in order to fully um, awaken, to reclaim our freedoms, to reclaim our nation. But there's an interplay here which is really fascinating to me, um, you know, because, of course, there are plenty of folks who call themselves Christians or allied with mainstream denominations who are totally on board with the agenda, totally, you know, um, uh, driven by fear, demonizing the unvaccinated, etc. But there does seem to be this relationship between, you know, and my sister is among these, who's an RN uh, in Washington State across the river from Portland. And, you know, this is where the vaccine mandate for health workers, you'll lose your profession, you know, 35 years, um, a very highly praised nursing professional, um, giving up her career, having to move out of state because of this. She is um, an awakened Christian. She's got a very... Um, deep personal relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And, you know, this is an extremely intelligent woman. Um, 
And so there's some, there's some kind of unfolding relationship here. And I know we share a lot on a, on a universal metaphysical level here. Um, and, you know, my own um, orientation um, is devotional uh, meditation. And, you know, Christ is a reality to me. And I'm also a 3D guy who wants evidence and I study history and, you know, the evidence for the historical Jesus and the unfolding of Christianity from the earliest days and the relationship of Christ's teachings to, you know, yoga principles of meditation. The light of the body is the eye. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. It's a direct reference to the spiritual eye practiced in yoga. Um, you know, so. I feel like I've got a pretty good perspective on this as someone who looks for evidence, but is also um, a devotional being. And and um, and I, from all the evidence that I have looked at and my intuition and spiritual receivings and historical study, I personally believe um, the resurrection to be fact. I personally am convinced that this was a divine intervention in human history to help lift us all. Um, and it doesn't mean that if you don't believe in Christ Jesus, you're going to hell. It doesn't believe, you know, that all the, the Hindu mystics or the Muslim mystics or the Buddhists or anybody else aren't, act, aren't just as one with spirit. Um, but, you know, this is, is my perspective. just want to share my perspective on this to address this question of what do you see unfolding in this relationship between this is one of the most you know active practical galvanizing websites and movements out there that i've seen it's got dr sherry tenpenny you know a major brave player coming out with the evidence um about the shots so um maybe we can explore that do you have some thoughts on that well i i see it in my it, i when i was a kid i was brought up catholic and I had a relationship with Jesus as a kid, you know. Um, but as I got older, I mean, when I was 13 during Lent, I'd make my mother drive me to the church every single day, you know. Um, so I was like one of those kind of people. But as I got older and I was able to analyze the church, not from somebody who was, you know, been brainwashed into believing all this stuff because I never quite believed it all. I kept asking the, the, what do they call them, the, the teachers, you know, catechism teachers, questions, and they would say, "Take it on faith, take it on faith," you know. And as you get older, you're going like, "Wait a minute, I'm not just going to take some dogma that doesn't have some reasoning for me, regardless of you know what the story is," and. So I look at Jesus as I look at everybody. Everybody has the potential to be Jesus or a Hindu seer. I mean, we've all got the basic makeup to do it. We're human beings. We can do this. Jesus said it. You'll do more than I do, you know. So if if we look at ourselves as essentially temples of the divine, the divine that is responsible for our very life, our very bodies, our very consciousness. All right, if we we think of ourselves as temples, and we don't, we we work to keep those temples pure and as good reflections of the divine self. I think that's all that's really required to make us 
good people. You know, that any God would say, you're a good person. And I'll tell you, there was a story, uh, John Voight, the actor, he was on uh, being interviewed by uh, Tucker Carlson. He's got another show that's an hour of interviewing people, and boy, he gets some information out of people in an hour versus, you know, the four or five minutes that he has them on the regular show. And John Voight told a very interesting story. He said that he was in a bad spot in his life. He's getting divorced. He didn't have a good relationship with his ch children, and his career was not doing well. And he found himself on the floor, and he found himself saying, it's just so hard. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. And he says, he stops, and he says, and in my ear, and he points to his right ear, he said, a voice came in and said, it's supposed to be difficult. And John Voight said that that made, changed everything because all of a sudden he realized, wow, somebody's paying attention to me. I'm not alone. Somebody cares about me. He said the voice had so much compassion and love. And, mm. you know, and yet he was given the message, it's supposed to be difficult. He said, so after that, he said, I, I live my life so I don't disappoint that voice in my ear. I don't disappoint God, that I'm a good reflection of his creation. And I think that's a powerful statement, a powerful way of being. If we think of ourselves not as human beings, oh, yeah, I can make mistakes. Yeah, just, you know, I'm going to curse you out, and then, uh, you know, you're going to forgive me. Yeah, you know. No, you want to be the best you can be in order to reflect the divine energy. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and when we look at, um, okay, so you want to be the best you can be, that means being, you know, I mean, honesty and integrity and compassion, you know, both for yourself and for other people. And, um, and you know, when it comes to standing up for what is right, and, you know, this goes to the Code of Chivalry, which, you know, wasn't invented by the Knights Templar. You know, they, the Saracens, they're... Muslim enemies or also had a very high code of this kind, as did the Kshatriya warrior caste in India, or the samurai in, in Japan, the Bushido code, that in defending the innocent, upholding justice. And the, the, these are things that if you believe that you have, a, it's not that you have a soul, it's like you have a body, you are the soul. You know, the essential reflection of the divine consciousness, that's our very nature, um, that, you know, that this can lead you to be willing to look at the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free to to look at the truth and stand up for the innocent, to stand up for justice. And it's not. And then here's the subtle thing. And this is the thing I love about like the Christian Revolution dot net that we looked at. They're not that Web page isn't all about, oh, you know, look at Anthony Fauci. And we need we need to put him in prison. Oh, and let's look arrest Bill Gates and let's, you know, take all the. OK, fine. That's part of a legal process. If it's done right. Great. What they're focusing on is the solution. What they're focusing on is embodying, you know, OK, Find out who is supporting the physicians and the nurses who are risking everything to speak out, who's providing options for prevention and early treatment, uh, who's standing, 
you know, for God's children and their right to obtain an education without being forced to wear ineffective torturous mask, who's leading the charge, you know, that they are, um, they're about embodying the solution. They're about creating, this is like, you know, the famous Buckminster Fuller quote, you know, you don't change a system by fighting the old one. You create a new and better system and all the energy and all the resources and all the people will simply flow into that true and better solution. And and that's what they're doing. And I, I just find it interesting that, you know, when you look at what we're calling the left these days, the far left, um, and all these terms are now almost completely meaningless, um, you know, left, right, liberal, conservative, et cetera. They've been so blurred and the corruption, you know, in terms of Democrats and Republicans, you know, that there's the parties themselves I'm talking about, not necessarily about the people. But when I look at what is, you know, being referred to as as leftists, you know, I, I am seeing people who are brainwashed. I'm seeing people who are reactively accepting everything from mainstream media. I'm seeing people for whom spirit, spirituality, you know, um, are something that it's a cool thing to wear. It's a cool thing to talk about. But when it comes down to the ground of action and of using your, your sovereign mind and spirit and freedom, that they are unwittingly, perhaps, you know, brainwashed into this agenda that is, in fact, systematically destroying the family. It is systematically undermining worship and spirituality. It is systematically undermining human freedom. And that is because it's designed that way. Sorry, folks. You know, I mean, there's. There's a woman here in Colorado who is, um, a, a, let's just call her a leader in the community, uh, comes from a wealthy background, comes from an elite European background, and she and her husband um, were part of the elite. They would go to Davos every year for the meeting of the Committee of 300, and yet she's truly interfaith, and um, she's, you know, an environmentalist in the sense of truly supporting the restoration of Gaia. And um, when I first came to Colorado, um, I had lunch with her and we recognized that we had actually run into each other, you know, six years before in Copenhagen, Denmark, during the UN conference on climate change. And um, she said, yes, I, my husband and I were part of the elite, part of the committee of 300, essentially. Her husband was undersecretary general of the United Nations, close ties to the Rockefellers, etc. And she said, but we would we knew what was going on and we would go to Davos. Yes, every year, but primarily to keep an eye on the super predators. Right. So they were kind of within it, but um, aware of it and trying to achieve what good they could. Um, she was in large part responsible for um the creation of an interfaith community in the area where I live. I'm just not using her name because I, you know, I feel that's respectful. Um, but anyway, that, you know, that her really very significant impact came from a, you know, a, a mystical 
um, reality that she had experienced. She told me also that she was on a train in Europe as a young woman that uh, she met this remarkable man on the train who seemed to know everything and had this aura about him. And later she said it, she had the intuitive conviction just come in upon her that she that she had had lunch with St. Germain. <laughs> the Comte de St. Germain, the immortal wizard, uh, had just shown up on the train because he knew that what she was destined to accomplish. Um, and so I don't know really where I'm going with this, except to say that there is um, this subtle but very powerful brainwashing going on um, where, you know, it is what's called collectivism, where you will sacrifice your individual freedom and your individual welfare for the benefit of all, for the good of the masses. And this is very different than living from a a value system that says rather than live, you know, for um the benefit of, of self, I'm going to live for the good of all. Well, well and good. But when it's about collectivism, that is the underpinnings of Stalinism, communism, of the totalitarian repression of, of true human freedom. And, and, and that's what I see operating. And, you know, I grew up a liberal Democrat in Chicago. I, just your typical, you know, Chicago Democrat, fiscally conservative, liberal and social values, you know, a Kennedy Democrat. I, I don't mind being called a Kennedy Democrat, at least back when that had any meaning. Today, it doesn't, you know, and, and the DNC, um, is just as, about as corrupt as you could be. So anyway, I just, I just wanted to, to flesh that out a little bit, um, because, being Christian has now become um, not merely unfashionable, but like an indication that you are suspect as a potentially dangerous element because of things like what we're seeing with the Christian Revolution.net and Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And that's a revolution I am happy to raise my hand and say, yes, I'm a part of that. Well, you know what I think? It's that when Christianity is a problem to them because Christians have a history or tradition of dying in the, the arenas, of fighting back, of peacefully laying down their lives, in some cases fighting back, but they have a real history of being focused on the ability to look beyond themselves for, right. you know, their faith is, is very intense. And I think that that would scare the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is something that, you know, for me personally, I feel more and more inspired by and willing to step out. You know, okay, hey, you and I are both stepping out. We've stuck our necks out any number of times, and we're doing so right here this second on Radio 5G and your work in cosmic reality. Um, now, how large is our audience right now? Well, comparatively small. We know this, but the people that it's reaching, the people who are hearing this, you know, I, I think are being inspired and motivated. And what's inspiring me, you know, <laughs> to say, all right, well, I spent 25 years in Los Angeles 
with my spiritual community, you know, which was Self-Realization Fellowship, the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda, author of Autobiography of a Yogi, and who taught the essential oneness of the teachings of Jesus Christ and those contained in the yoga science of India. And, you know, when I talk about doing something like I'm going to do at Earthstock in Grass Valley, California, coming up on September 25, 26, I'm stepping out with it now. I am unabashedly, unapologetically invoking the name of Christ. And not as if, if you don't believe in Christ, you're damned. I don't hold with that. But the power of of that incarnation, it's like you're saying, Nancy, you know, you said, this is the example. Yes, this is a, a divine infusion into human history of someone who was fully human. You know, the suffering on the cross, Father of God, you know, why have you forsaken me? When he had, through his divine realization, the ability to free himself, if he had so chosen, but it was the sacrifice. And Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That, you know, while someone is being tortured to the maximum amount of pain you can possibly imagine to be able to say that. And and that is the example you're talking about, Nancy, that, you know, the Christians have those who are deeply and, and truly identified with with Christ as an example are willing to to step up, are willing to to make this these sacrifices um, and nonviolent resistance is, you know, if you go to a book, really valuable book by Eugene Sharp, who's a Princeton professor, maybe it's Dartmouth, um, and that is called From Dictatorship to Democracy. And it's an academic study on what methods of resistance are most effective against tyranny and withdrawal of cooperation from the system, nonviolent, peaceful withdrawal of cooperation from the oppressive system is proven over time in history to be the most effective means of revolution. And, and that's what, you know, it, that's what's being done. That's what's being offered along with, you know, nonviolent active uh, campaigns such as, you know, Brian Fulmick is doing with the legal action against the WHO, such as Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is doing with, you know, ChristianRevolution.net. Um, and behind it all, you know, the most effective, I think that, you know, that's because it's so bleak. Oh, my God, the stuff we share sometimes, Nancy, it's, you know, it can be so terrifying and depressing. But if you're connected to spirit by whatever name, the divine mother, you know, or, you know, to um, through Judaism or Islam, to Allah, to Yahweh, you know, to, but by whatever name we call the one reality, not many gods, there's one by many names, you know, that that can sustain us. In the face of all this bleakness, that can give us the hope and the courage needed to see this through. It's what, you know, my friend Andrew Harvey, a wonderful scholar and mystic on sacred activism, says, you know, we, the activists out there on the line, sick of the necks out, need a connection to spirit to keep our hearts up. And the mystics need to come down and, and, and work with us, um, for freedom. So that's my little speech. Well, I kind of think that that's all happening anyway. I do think that we've got spiritual assistance. I, right. You know, and as far as Jesus and all the other, you know, avatars of, of God, 
it's the same thing I was saying. It's like they should inspire us to have the courage, to have the willingness to be their authentic selves, to say what they know is truth. And that's, they should inspire us. Uh, the concept of, you know, praying to, the, to, the, to Jesus and all that, that is opening up, uh, uh, let, let's say that you're, you're, you're opening up to being assisted. You know, a lot of times if you don't have that spiritual connection in something like Jesus outside of you to kind of like focus on and say, please, can you help me? You know, you don't ever ask for help. You fall on the floor and you say it's so desperately difficult, you know, until you hear that message to know that Jesus and all the others and just good people just good people, Tenpenny, the ones that are out there, you know, putting their, their lives on the, on the line for us. Bill Mitch himself, you know, he said, somebody asked him if, if he wasn't worried about his own, you know, life. And he said, uh, because he said, well, people say to me, you know, I should have some security around me. He said, but I think I have security around me. He said, I've been with the uh, avid... Uh, uh, the Native Americans and um, Aborigines, and in both cases, those group of people said, "We will keep you in our prayers." He said, "I think I am divinely protected because people, you know, are putting me in their their safety net of their own belief system, and I think that that's true. Is that that you know, once you make the connection to we're we're not alone, we've got many many." of just human beings, good human beings that are with us. But we also have the spiritual world that we as metaphysicians know exists. Um, and to me, it's just, it's, it's all how you look at it, what the story is that you're telling. But again, people of faith, in quotes, people who are following a certain vision of reality and what it is to be a good person within that reality those people like us we're the ones that are going to make the difference because we're the ones that are thinking and engaged the others are are whimpering in fear right yeah so we can do this it's just a matter of being coming our authentic selves realizing that this uh and it's been you know it's it's taken a while but them putting down i mean god all of a sudden you don't want to say god in front of people you know because you get weird looks at you um you know there's there's a lot of that anti-culture thing that has made people kind of i mean we always god bless you you know thanks to god you don't hear people doing this anymore at least not in my neighborhood and um, yet they they still got their faith. It's just that it's not vocalized, and we've still got to start vocalizing things. That's why we have programs like this that we talk about this stuff and put it in the collective consciousness of humanity. So when a person goes to say the word God, instead of hesitating because nobody else is saying it, they say it with pride. Whatever your God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know a monk who spent a lot of years in India and then um, came to Los Angeles. And I was 
talking with him. He was back in India when I was there. And um, I said, you know, is there anything that what, what do you miss most when you're in America from from being in India? And he said, in India, it is natural and accepted to speak of God, to speak of the Divine Mother in the course of ordinary daily events, you know, to say, well, I was standing on the train platform and Divine Mother pulled me out of stranger, you know, pulled my sleeve back when the train came by. You know, just that God is is part of the flow of life and to refer to the Divine Mother, to, you know, to God by the name of Lord Krishna or um you know the the Hindu pantheon is is natural. It's part of life. Is it in the United States? Even in the monastery, even among my brother monks, they are embarrassed to bring out the name of God as easily, as naturally, as intimately, as personally as as we do in India. And this even among monks, you know, American monks in a monastery. And, you know, I think there is this um, this tendency now to feel embarrassed to invoke God. But, you know, not not among the people that I hang out with, of course, because I'm in a remote mountain community that's an interfaith Mecca, Crestone, Colorado. Um, but when I'm in L.A., you know, it's like so I'm it's part of my campaign uh, in life to do what I can to um, just wear it on my sleeve without beating people over the head with my faith or seeming like Mr. Pious, you know, but but since my work is as a storyteller and communicator and singer, you know, to just unabashedly invoke the holy name, to unabashedly wear on my sleeve and those moments and venues where I'm there to share a story and, and the people are there to hear it, that it, there's enormous power in that because people feel your soul, whether or not they identify when you walk onto a stage. And I know this for many years as an actor, you know, you walk onto a stage and you stand there anchored in your feet, breathing calmly and taking in the audience before you even say anything. They feel your soul. They feel your presence. There's a vibration that emanates from who you are. If you are just standing calmly and breathing and, you know, being fully present to the moment, it becomes riveting. But it depends upon this subtle relationship between your soul and theirs that they couldn't really articulate. Why is it that I want to watch this guy? Why is it that when he opens his mouth and he's speaking from his heart, I listen and it lands with me. It's not that I have to agree with everything he says, but there's something about this man or woman that that resonates and is powerful and is magnetic. And it's because of the the soul connection, of the, the vibration that we all carry and, and share by virtue of everything we are, everything we've ever done and believed that's present in our soul. You know, when you come before people to share and I've, you know, I don't mind saying that I've done a lot of 12 step work in my life. And in those meetings, eloquence happens from ordinary men and women who just share their experience, strength and hope. And it's because it's from their hearts and souls. 
And I think the more of us that do that in, in this spiritual battle that we're in, the more of us that are just willing from our hearts and souls to share our experience, strength, and hope, the sooner we turn the corner. And it may be, as you say, Nancy, the corner has already been turned. I, I certainly have that hope. Well, we're going to find out, I suppose, one way or another. <laughs> yeah, we're finding out already. This is cool. You know, we're coming down to the last few minutes here. What What do you think, you know, do you see any turning points looming immediately in terms of, you know, actions that we can look to be seeing? We've already got Reiner Fulmich, you know, I'd love to see that bear fruit to such an extent that even the mainstream media can't ignore it. And it's amazing what they can ignore. They can ignore a million people gathering to hear Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the spot where JFK gave his talk in Berlin. They can ignore that. They can, you know. But I have a feeling that if like Anthony Fauci gets arrested, they're going to think, you know, that it's going to be hard for CNN not to cover that. Do you see anything like that coming? Well, the response to the Afghanistan thing and Biden and that whole thing, they did start to turn against him. They were like, right. you know, oh, oh, but then that quickly changed to, well, we, we're just going to ignore the story. And so they ignore the story. And see, that's where their downfall is, is going to happen, is happening. In that, I don't think it matters what they say or do anymore. I think the vast majority of People are looking other places for information. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's, you know, we were listening um, last night to a, a little five-minute clip um, from uh, David Icke talking about this very thing, that the thing that the dark faction fears most is a turning point where too many people have, have looked behind the curtain. Too many people have, you know, seen, oh, pay no attention to the man behind that curtain. Well, he's he's exposed to too many people and once that cat is out of the bag they can't reassume the the level of control necessary they still have millions of people under their sway and brainwashed but there's a critical number who have seen behind the curtain and they ca it cannot be unseen <laughs> you cannot pretend you haven't seen it you can't go back um to to believing the lies and you know what measure of harm is already being done and may continue to be done by the shots. How many people over the next few years with their immune systems, the next few months with their immune systems fatally damaged with the spike protein, et cetera, you know, will begin to drop like flies. How many people will wake up in justified outrage when it, it's all exposed? Um, it, it's already happening. And, uh, you know, that it, it's just going to be a bumpy ride. As our friend Reverend Maya Nartumid, Blue Star Rising, by the way, check it out, folks, on YouTube, the Blue Star Rising channel on YouTube, the Templar Awakening. Uh, our very dear friend Reverend Maya Nartumid and I share a lot of sacred science in the context of, of everything unfolding. Um, I'm, I am encouraged, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Hopefully not too bumpy. But uh, here, here comes the home stretch. Is my feeling. People should just make sure that they've got enough food for three weeks, you know, for their animals, for themselves. You know, I, I don't think that we'll lose like the, the, the infrastructure. I think that if 
everything goes the way that it needs to go because right now what they're doing is destroying this country and this world. It's got to stop. This can't go on forever and this can't go on very much longer in my opinion. So yeah. what, what I think is, is needed is that people just realize that if there is, if the story that there is a white hat group, that the military is involved in it, that everything is being done in accordance to the law of war that was published in 19, uh, um, uh, yeah, 2019 by the DOD. If you think that, if you say that is a possible story, then you're going to need, when they announce that this, that, and the other thing has happened and everything has changed again, um, you're going to have a response from the other side that will put people into danger if they're on the streets. So they'll close down and keep people off so they can, you know, essentially round up the bad guys. And that's the military uh, and the police, because I believe that there are certain police departments that are in the know. So, yeah, you know, so just, but I, I can't tell you that's going to be the story, but I can tell you just, you know, get yourself semi prepared. Yeah, and I've got a huge bag of, of um, quinoa and a huge bag of rice and a lot of canned food. And say, I have say hope goodbye. In, we got to go. Hope in God. God blesses everyone. See you next time, folks. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate you all. You've been listening to Radio 5G production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.